Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Right, there's so much going on here at Riverside. There's, there's too much for us to highlight on, but we just want to focus on a few things today, but show you a little snapshot of all the things. Um, so, Riverside Cafe. You don't have to applaud for each one. So this is, this is really thriving, and it's uh, such a wonderful space at the heart of the church. We have many support groups running. Uh, for carers, for people with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. We've got the Pay It Forward scheme. We feed those in need. There are many social groups who use our lower lounge, such as Mums Unlimited, Knit and Natter, a crocheting group. Loads of different people use our lower lounge. And we also do catering for those who hire from us, but also outside catering for businesses in the local area. So the cafe is really thriving, and we're just so proud of all the team. Do say hi to James today, who's just started... Um, So conferencing and room hire, we hire to many different organisations and Riverside is now the preferred hire for KCC and the NHS in the area, which is fantastic. And within those, there's lots of different streams and they all want to come and book rooms, so that's great. We're also proud to have CXK and Coldercott Fostering and Food Bank and Oyster Cars on site with us. We have 16 uh, midweek small groups. Uh, another Alpha course with over 20 guests exploring uh, faith at the moment. Yeah, that's very exciting. <laughs> that's some of the people from the Alpha course here. Um, baptisms, the classic social group, Freedom in Christ course, Stitch and Chat, Coffee Morning, Healing Rooms, Counselling, Pastoral Care, Operation Christmas Child, Pantry Project, Welcome Evenings for New People, Leaders Meetings, Prayer and Worship Evenings here and in Hearn Bay, uh, and Half Night of Prayer, which you just started, Great Kids and Youth Work, Tots, am I on the right one? Grow Baby, (laughs) Lego Club, Worship Space, and Wildfires. And again, that's not everything, that was me trying to do... um, a dump, brain dump of everything, but you know that's just some of the things. And alongside that, we've got our churches together in Whitstable projects, which we support, which is CAP, Food Bank, Haven for the Homeless, Street Pastors, and Community Wardrobe. And our mission partnerships, uh, we support Mission Aviation Fellowship, MAF, Open Doors, Grassroots Trust in Romania, and more locally, Canterbury Christian Schools Work Trust. So, and more. This is by no means everything, as I said. This is just some of the things that we're, we get up to on a weekly basis here at Riverside. And it's good for you to know that because you wouldn't unless you were here, necessarily. But we're just going to focus on about five of those today. We're going to look at our wonderful Sunday kids' teams for a start. So we have new polo shirts. You might have seen them. Aren't they great? This was them all last week modelling them. Aren't they a lovely-looking bunch? Seriously, these people look after our children week in and week out, and we are so proud of them all. So can we, if you're in a kids' team, actually, can you stand up? Not tots, just at the moment, Sunday kids' team. Can you give them a huge round of applause of thanks for what they do? It's really important because they give opportunity for our children to meet Jesus in fun and relevant ways that's age-appropriate to them. So we are really grateful to all of you. Anyway, first up, I'd like to welcome Sarah Ayres. Give her a huge round of applause. (laughs) 
So Sarah oversees our under fives kids ministry, which is munchies and crunchies. And their vision is to create a safe space for the young children under fives where they can come together to worship God and build friendships and play together and do crafts. Um, and why is that not working? I've shoved that in the wrong place. Sorry. Yeah, and they talk to God and they have a simple prayer and some songs. And it's a really important time. But Sarah's going to tell you a little bit about some developments that happened and how you might be able to support them. Right, well, we prayed for more families to join the church with young children and God answered our prayer. Um, So... Um, we were crunches and munches. We've been like that for about a year, merging the 0-3s and the 3-5s. But now we're going to be crunches and munches, um, which requires uh, a little bit more team. Um, so I've asked our team, um, they serve, on the whole, they serve one in the, every four. Um, so I've asked the current team if uh, any of them are happy to step <coughs> up. I just thought I'd just reiterate that, guys. Um, but also, yes, um, I mean, certainly as a church, um, we, uh, we try to just say once, a, once every four weeks. And so, yeah, in that respect, we need more teams. So in order to do that, we're going to step out in faith and uh, start that from next week. So an extra two people today would enable us to do that next week and so on. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be moving some equipment after church. So from... Uh, the first meeting room uh, down to uh, what's going to be the new Munchies room. So just catch me in between carrying boxes of equipment and uh, yeah, come and have a look. Uh, just um, and be blessed. It's just uh, such fun and yeah. So catch me in between carrying boxes. Help, feel free to help and uh, yeah, and ask me what it's all about and come and have a look next week and uh, find out more. Okay, thank you, Sarah. So yeah, we need eight people to make it work. So if you're sitting there today and you think, actually, I could do that. I want to invest in a young person's life, a tiny child's life. But we believe that actually giving them stories about Jesus and letting them encounter Christ and listen to him and have simple prayers is so important at that young age. So if you feel like you could help once a month, please do go and see Sarah today because we need to split the groups and we, we've just got a great full team, didn't we, Munches and Crunches, but we just really feel it's the time to, to split that off again and give them more quality time for their appropriate age groups, which is so important. We do, for having babies with four and five-year-olds is, is a big age gap. So the naught to threes will be moving round the corner to move 10, to room 10, which will be great. But as I said, we need two people just to make next week happen. So if that's you and you'd like to help in either of those, because there'll be some swapping around, I'm sure, either the naught to threes or the fours and fives, three to five-year-olds, then please do see Sarah today. And don't wait. If you feel God's nudging you, go and speak to Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Right, now I'm going to welcome Linda, Paul and Sarah. Oh, I didn't put the lovely picture up, did I? That's the picture of the under fives, a little bit of what they get up to. So this lovely crew oversee our crunch, which is 5 to 11. Thank you very much. Yeah, if you haven't seen us, we go in room two. If you haven't seen us, you've probably heard us. But um, we have a lot of fun out there. We... um, our main vision, really, for the children is that they would have an encounter with God, and that's what we pray for, and that's what we're starting to see. And uh, it really is an amazing time. And for one minute, don't think, oh, it's just the children's work. It's, it's a fantastic time we have out there. And 
we're seeing a lot of growth as well with the children, so um, that's another great thing. Um, so we're also praying that the children will grow and mature in their faith and to learn more of God's truths as we um, tell them the stories from the Bible and, and have teaching. Um, we've, uh, the, the way we do it, we start the morning with a board games, so all the children come in slightly different times and they'll get, we'll get the mats out and they'll play games and that will be a good time for us to have chats, how they're doing, how their week's been, that sort of thing. We then go on to um, normally play uh, games out in... Oh, first we have worship, sorry, normally a couple of songs with actions um, and then we'll go out into phase three and freeze in the winter and uh, <laughs> run around and play games which uh, the kids love. And then often we'll come back and have a time where we'll maybe uh, have a talk or some sort of story and some teaching for the children. And then we'll have either a quiz or uh, different games um, in the room there. Um, We've also sometimes had guest speakers, which have been really good, and the children have enjoyed having a different voice to hear. Um, uh, Linda Berry's been speaking, which has been great, and Patsy, so we've had a a few different ones, and Amy, um, all of which the children love. Yeah. Oh, yes, and Martin and Gavin. Oh, saving those for Sarah. Oh. I've got to read my notes. Good morning. Do you want to do this? Not really. Um, It is um, a privilege to be on the kids' team. Um, We are able to share God's word with the children, our next generation. Um, And in Crunch, we do try to interpret the Bible, Jesus, God, all of that, in a way that they will understand and connect with. And we learn from them as well, loads. Um, On average, we have about 15 children per session. There's about six who are able to come most weeks. This means there are a lot of children on the books who come less regularly for a variety of reasons. Our teams are made up of four people who come in every other week, and that helps with consistency for the children and for us. And there's one or two extra people who are in once a month, as as in the usual rotors. It can seem like we've got a lot of team members, but it is necessary for safeguarding, engaging with the children, as we said, um, and it also shares the load for all the activities that we do do. We share all of that out between all of us. Um, That makes it enjoyable for everyone. Our T-shirts, on that note, are not just pretty T-shirts. We love them, kids, who didn't think too much from last week. Um, They are. It shows that we are all DBS'd, we've done the safeguarding courses, and we're all safe to be with children. (laughs) Um, And, of course, we do have spaces in our team. (laughs) Sorry, but we do. Um, Anyone who quite likes children wants to come and have a bit of fun with us on a Sunday, because it is fun, um, come and have a chat to any of us three or Keely. Next. Thank you. Right, we just wanted to share what we're passionate about passionate about um what we're first of all what we're passionate about seeing the children do um 
And for us, we've started doing a bit of time where we've given them journals and we get beanbags out and they spread out so they're not too near each other, just so they can have a bit of time. And we sort of, with, depending on what the talk's been on, um, they can have some time just trying to hear from God and to journal down anything um, that, that's really spoken to them. And that we're finding really quite a special time, actually, and that they are really responding. Some of them do adoring Minecraft pictures or whatever, but some are really um, engaging. Um, so our passion really is that the children would listen and hear from God, um, that they'd remember God's truths and that they'd take those on board and remember them right through to adulthood. Um, and also that we'd really be passionate that they'd enjoy worship. And we're trying to do this all in a real fun environment. Um, another thing that I was just thinking about this morning is that we really want them and what we're trying to um, t- teach them really is how unique they are, that they're uniquely made that God's made them precious, they're really precious to God and loved by God, and we really want them to take that on board. Okay, so, that's, okay. so what can we thank God for? Um, our lovely group of children that we've got, and how that's really grown as well. Um, for the progress that we've seen in the children's understanding of God, um, and also in the progress we've seen of them experiencing God. Um, we did a time actually of listening to God for what he, how he saw each of us and the children were amazing at hearing from God and sharing for their friends what, how they saw, how God would see their friends. Um, also we're really thankful for, to God for the three of us that we actually work really well together in our different strengths um, and also for our amazing volunteers um, and who help each, each week and also for the support, the support of the wider church family as well. Okay, so what can you pray for as a church? Um, Firstly, wisdom and ability for us as a team. Um, Wisdom to make it fun and relevant. Um, Also, for the children to really engage and for for God to open their eyes actually to what God wants to show them and what God's saying to them. Um, And finally, for more team members, um, particularly more team members that would share the passion and the vision for the children. Thank you, guys. That's amazing. Thank you. Hopefully, what you've heard from all of those people is that kids' work is not a babysitting service. It's not a place where we put the kids because we don't want them in here. We, we teach them stuff because we believe that they need to hear about God in a relevant way to their age, and that's why. So we're valuing them by putting on fantastic Sunday kids' ministry. And so if you really want to know more about that, or if you want to invest in the lives of our young people, our children, please don't just be one of those people who thinks about it but doesn't volunteer, because it's growing and we need more volunteers. They've all said it, but it's true. And it isn't a babysitting service. It's a place where you will learn, you will grow, you'll be blessed. And lots of the volunteer team members come out and say that they were so encouraged and enriched by doing it that day, you know, that they didn't realise how much they would learn that day, or something that the child spoke to them really many to them so it's not oh I'm going to miss out on church you will get church with the children so please would you think about volunteering we want our kids ministry to be strong and it is strong we want it to get even stronger we want it to grow and have the ability to take more and more children in and that's happening we need to make um have the workers ready so please chat to people if they're not here today if you think in your small groups actually you missed a a great vision on Sunday about kids and I think you'd be great encourage one another to step up into that vision Great. Right then, now we're going to move on to talk about tots, which is equally wonderful. So Mel and Rose, if you give them a huge hand.
Give them lots of smiley faces. It's a hard thing to come up here and speak to all you lots. And lots of these people are, you know, nervous. It's a big thing. So please give them lots of smiles and encouragement. Who's going first? I'm going first. I don't mind speaking to you all. No. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from Mel. <laughs> no. So I'm Mel, for those of you who don't know me. And this is Rose and together... We head up the TOTS team, our fabulous TOTS team. The first thing I want to say is that we are so reliant on the Lord for everything we do. We are virtually all retired people, virtually. And that's quite a going morning for for us young people at heart. Um, So we took over the running... Excuse me using a script, it's just I don't want to miss anything. Um, We took over running of TOTS from last September, which was made really simple for us because of the way Jackie had set it up and been running it so well for a number of years. And we're very thankful that the full team continued with us, and additionally, four more people have joined us on the team. Could the whole TOTS team stand, please? I really want you to stand. Mm-hmm. Don't be modest. Please just stand. There's a few away, but There's yeah, a few away, so we have about 25 on our team. That's a bit of a... <laughs> Thank you so much for your dedication to us. It's so important. Um, We open weekly on Tuesdays during term time from 10 until 11.35 and have this wonderful dedicated team of 25 ladies and gentlemen, all of whom are DBS checked and have a heart for children and the families. We've all attended the safeguarding safeguarding course and recently a paediatric first aid course because we aim for the highest standard of care for both the children and their parents, grandparents and carers. Every child who comes really matters to us. It's not like they're on the fringe. Every child really matters. And our desire is to provide a safe and exciting learning environment here at Riverside where families feel welcomed, encouraged and cared for. We aim to create an environment for children to experience new concepts and experiences in play while allowing parents to embark on new friendships and build support networks, and we've seen that happen. Our wider aim is to create links into the community which connect families into the life of Riverside Vineyard Church, and that has happened too. For example, many of the families have contributed to Grow Baby resources, and we're pleased that some of them have also received items and in due time are returning them and getting the next size of things, so that's really good. Word is getting out. The average attendance is about 110 adults and children, okay? That's not 110 adults and children, it's bodies, okay? Uh, Just so you're clear. Fortunately, we don't have to be concerned about adult-child ratios as we make it clear that the adults are always responsible for the children in their care and on their first visit they get the information sheet explaining this. Our team are divided into five areas with each area responsible to their group leader. So we have a set-up and take-down teams. We have refreshments team, craft team, and welcome team. I might want to mention the Chuckle Brothers, we call them. Um, Alan Bucket and Les. Je- Les, um, they, they really are the Chuckle Brothers. They're hilarious. And all the children, right down to their little ones, coming and give them a high-five. I thought you'd like to know that. Little ones in their buggies, they give them a high-five every morning. Really good. Um, It's also really important we mention John Sales, who, with Norman, gives us so much help and support in setting up the larger equipment. Please don't think we're ungrateful at all. We love you and thank you so much for that. 
Once this is done, Norman then, very kindly, goes outside to help parents park safely in our very busy car park, regardless of the weather. What a hero. Thank you, Norman. So how the morning runs. The, te- the set-up team are the first to arrive around 8.30, and everybody else is usually there by about 9.30. Refreshments are served mid-morning in the Tots Cafe area, and we have a children's sac- snack menu. And we encourage all the children to sit on the foam squares to have their snack. And parents can join them or sit at the tables provided. So what happens where? Um, I'm going to talk about the two rooms opposite us here. We have room one, which is set up as a quiet area. We have bean bags and bags of books. Um, There's also our buggy park out there and a changing mat. And in room two, directly across from here, um, that's our craft area, which is where the amazingly creative Bev uses um, all sorts of different themes and activities. Me, <laughs> sound experience, texture, differing art mediums, and develop sensory and fine motor skills, all done through tools and equipment with a wide range of activities. And in here, you just wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Um, along here, we have uh, dressing up clothes, toolkits, um, over there, jigsaw puzzles, building bricks, a huge playhouse with a kitchen area. In that corner over there is a baby's area, road maps and cars and trucks. And in that corner, a cafe with tables and chairs. And down here, an area with foam mats where the kids sit for their snacks, as Mel said. And over here... Um, tables where the tea and coffee is served for all the parents so it's it's transformed in the middle right across between the two pillars we have all the uh, sit-on toys push along toys pedal cars that you can imagine and here a soft play area and loads of kids (laughs) all right so it's really good fun Um, At the end of the morning, everybody joins in clearing up and putting stuff into boxes and crates which are stored, uh, again, out in the corridor in the storeroom. And um, Mel rounds off the morning with singing games and activities. Riverside Cafe uh, gives the uh, children and their carers 10% off on tots days so they can come for an early breakfast or stay for lunch and a posh coffee afterwards to us, which we really appreciate. We always begin the morning with team prayer and we have a prayer table where parents and carers are free to write their confidential prayer requests and we will pray for those before we begin in the morning. It's an amazing thing to stand alongside these lovely people and we've seen wonderful answers to prayer. Um, In the future, we're just about to introduce the Tot Swap Shop which um, is exchanging their own DVDs, that's DVDs, not the children. Um, (laughs) And we've bought some new percussion instruments to enhance the singing at the end of the morning, which should be fun. Yeah, shouldn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we hope you've enjoyed seeing some of the pictures and hearing about what we do. Um, We do have an adequate team at present, but um, if you're interested in joining us, perhaps you'd like to put your name on a reserve list so that for occasional sicknesses or something like that, appointments, etc., you could cover any absences. And we do want you to feel part of this, because although it happens like in the midweek, we are so aware that it's your, your giving that actually enables us to have a budget that enables us to serve these children to the best ability. Thank you. 
Yeah, TOTS runs like a beautiful, well-oiled machine from half past eight until midday. And you should see it in action. If you've never seen it, it is something to behold. It is probably the largest TOTS group I've ever seen. And this place, even Rose describing it, and I'm picturing it thinking, you have no idea unless you've seen it. And it is such a high standard. Um, everything they do... Uh, is brilliant. The craft, the, the, the filter coffee that they get served and the way this room is set up with really amazing areas. So again, thank you to all the TOTS team. And if you want to join in with them, please speak to Mel or Rose or any of the TOTS team or pop along and uh, see what they get up to on a Tuesday. But thank you to everyone who makes that so brilliant. Right, you must have heard the word grow baby. So I'm going to invite Kath to come up. Where's Kath? Give her a round of applause. Huge. <laughs> So, Kath, what is the vision of Grow Baby? So, Grow Baby is a place where we give away free clothes and equipment to families that need it. Um, the, the clothes and equipment come in from um, the general public, and uh, we have a team of people who wash the clothes and clean the toys, and, um, and then we give them out to people who come along on a Monday afternoon. And how many helpers have you got involved with Grow so Baby? So we have about nine at the moment. Um, some are here every week, um, but some just pop along when they can. Um, and uh, we've got actually uh, Linda and her daughter Anna who come down on a Saturday morning because Anna's doing Duke of Edinburgh Bronze Award. So she's giving up Saturday. Um, we have two ladies who have started volunteering with us. Um, and... One of those ladies is the mother of one of our very first clients. And um, they're not connected to church at all, but they've just seen what we do and love what we do. And um, they want to come along and help, which is amazing. And they actually come not just Mondays, but Tuesdays as well. And they've just, they're just really running with, with vision of Grow Baby, even though they're not church people. Um, they're so passionate. They they come and sort clothes. They take clothes home to wash, and they're, they're just loving it. And and it's they're a godsend really because a lot of us have only just got a couple of hours to to give on a Monday, um, and these ladies have got more time, and they're just running with things that we're not able to do. I asked the two ladies why they come and volunteer. They're in on Tuesday, and I wanted to try and video them, but they were so camera shy. But they sent me this, these texts. So Carol, who is the mother of, I think she was the first client, wasn't yes. she? Yes. She said, you have given my daughter Sarah so much, and it has helped her no end not to have to worry where the money is going to come from to buy Fred's clothes and equipment. She had felt bad having to keep asking for help, and Grow Baby has helped her feel more independent. Sarah has suffered from mental health problems, depression and anxiety for over four years. She has not worked much at all in that time, which has put a lot of financial strain on her and her husband. Grow Baby has been a lifeline for her and volunteering is my way of saying thank you to everyone. Plus, organising and sorting is my thing. When I heard that you had to put a halt on donations until the backlog was sorted, I knew I was the woman for you. <laughs> And she then asked her sister to come in, along and help, who said, I volunteer at Grow Baby as they were so kind to my nieces when they needed help. That's their niece, actually, uh, with the Moses basket. She was, um, Kath made up a beautiful, well, you say what you did, Kath. We, we've got loads of Moses baskets that have been donated. So, um, and, and also, sometimes we have new 
um, baby grows and very sort of tiny items for newborn babies. So we make up Moses, ba- well, we can make up Moses baskets, and this is the first one we've done. Um, and we put in a little gift for mum and uh, just, is it called the layette? All yeah. the layette equipment. So, um, yeah, new baby grows and vests and socks and little hats and mittens and scratch mitts and things like that um yeah. Yeah, she was so grateful she sent us an email and that picture and was just so grateful and the sister said i love being part of the team and and that's what's so great about grow babies we didn't know this was going to happen but these two ladies who are not connected to riverside now feel like they're part of the family and are coming along and they come to the cafe and as Kath said they're giving so much time so please please pray for them they're called mm. carol and Anne, and, and we're just really grateful because they have come and brought some fresh ideas and a lot of hard work So we opened in June last year and we were inundated from a very generous community with so much stuff. Um, So we did have to put a stop to it. We had to sort of put on Facebook that we can't take any more donations because we had such a massive stockpile. Um, So Kath, tell us how things are developing from then. Um, We... I'll tell you about the families um, that we're seeing at the moment. We've, on average, we have about five families um, that visit every week. Um, but last week we had nine. <laughs> and this was a little bit chaotic um, because we had to spread out into uh, the foyer area around by the offices. And um, there were people working around there. So um, we were a bit concerned because there were babies crying and, and just lots of noise. Um, so we've actually spread into room... 10 now um so and sort of hold people in there and they can look at we can take boxes of clothes in whatever they would want to look at and um yeah that's what they they do they look through all the bits and pieces and take things out um we have some families as mel mentioned that come after tots and have a look and also they're donating items of clothing as well um which is really good Um, So word is spreading and more and more people are coming, um, which is really encouraging because at first we, for weeks, we didn't see anybody uh, while word was getting out. But uh, we really feel that they're coming and telling their friends and they're coming along as well. Um, We're seeing uh, pregnant mums coming in and then coming back after they've had their babies, which is really nice. So we see the bump Mm. and then we see the baby. Um, and uh, yeah, as that picture says, we were able to bless our first mum with the Moses basket. Um, but we haven't seen the baby yet. <laughs> so hopefully we will soon. So what are you celebrating at the moment? So we are seeing um, a few mums coming back time after time, which is good because we can build up relationships with them. Um, and also for the two ladies that are helping, we're building up a good relationship with them too. Uh, and we're seeing new families, which is exciting. Um, so, yeah, we can have sort of further conversations with people as they come back time after time. Um, just get to know them a little bit more, really, which is good. And what can we be praying for? Um, we'd like to see more people coming along. Um, but that means that we're going to have to try and expand the two hours that we run at the moment. So we would like to um, open from maybe 10 o'clock on Monday until 
three. Um, so again, I'm afraid, sorry to say, <laughs> we're going to need more volunteers. So if, it, if you feel like this is something you'd like to get involved in, um, please come see me or see Keely, and uh, we'd love to see you. Um, it's good fun. We have, you know, lots of chats together, and uh, yeah, we have a good time. And we do have as well, we didn't say, lots of people who can't volunteer on a Monday who take clothes and wash them, don't they? Yes, yes. Thank you, Mel, Marion, <laughs> and uh, others, all the ladies from the, the sewing Stitch group, chat, yeah. Stitch and Chat, yeah, who, who help with that. We're really grateful for what you do. So thank you to all of you, and give Kath a huge round of applause. Thanks, Kath. Okay. Isn't it great what God's doing? It's good to celebrate these things. Right, Sean and Jackie, if you'd like to come on down or up, whichever way you want to be. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so Sean's going to talk to us about some developments in Hearn Bay. Yeah, and I think what's, what's, Hearn Bay is the place to be. <laughs> God loves Hearn Bay. He's got great plans for Hearn Bay. And it's exciting to be part of that um, and to see how his plan's um, developing there. So many of you will know um, about last June we started a monthly prayer meeting at the Sailing Club in Herne Bay, starting with um, the intention or thought that just people from Riverside that live in Herne Bay or feel connected with Herne Bay to come and pray for Herne Bay. And that's been um, really good. That's, but, but that's really developed and it's really opened up. God's really opened it up now. So we're getting people from other churches joining us. We've had um, leaders from the other churches, some of the other churches. We've had Vicky, the captain from the Salvation Army, has been coming along. The last two months we've had Father Mark from the Catholic Church coming along, as well as other people um, from, from other churches. And it's, it's a, there's a real sense of unity there as we saw, and, uh, and an openness and, um, yeah, we're really excited on that front to see what God's going to do sort of moving forward there. And, uh, um, words getting out amongst the other church and the other leaders. So this week, Simon um, went and met with some of the other church leaders in Herne Bay to tell them about what we've been doing and our heart just to be a blessing in Herne Bay. And um, they're really open to that. In fact, they're all coming here to Riverside for their next Herne Bay leaders meeting and ask Simon to be part of that. So that's really, really exciting. We're really sort of waiting to see what God's um, doing there. So together with Christine and um, June and Wally organising, getting those sorts of things there. So we're really grateful for that support, for the other people that have been coming along. And for those that have been praying for us, may not be coming along to the meeting, but praying for us, that's been sort of fantastic. Alongside that, um, we were approached as a church um, towards the end of the year that um, um, asked Riverside to take on the Lego club that they had set up earlier last year. So we went in January to have a look. We ran it last month um, with them helping us overseeing it, and I think we're on our own this month coming. But it's a real sort of um, fantastic group. Um, it's re- a real sort of openness and the sort of sense there. So the way that that runs is that... Um, People sign up um, through the church suites for parents, to, for the children to come. So we've got some idea of numbers and we can put a cap on it. The families come along, the excitement of the children come along, coming into the, um, into the room. They have a time of free play. 
and then about quarter past, it starts at 10, about 20 past 10 will set them a challenge. So it could be the um, last month it was about places that they loved to go. The month before was sort of building a maze. Um, we know the kids enjoy it, but I think actually it's the parents as well. There's a lot of project management from dads particularly sort of going on um, during those sessions as well. But whilst that is going on, the opportunities there to just go and sit alongside these children and parents and start building connections and relationships with them. They're just so open to that. We have a time of refreshments, then a time um, of a game or showing, showcasing what they've, um, what they've made. Um, it's not something we can do on our own. We've, we've been blessed that, as, as well as Josh and Kat handing over to us, that there's been Denise, Michelle, Maureen that are helping from they're carrying on helping us and we're really thankful for their support you know, and the real blessing that they are to us in terms of um, moving, moving that forward. As, again, we, and we're doing Wally, Christine, Sarah, Jude um, and others um, sort of helping as well. Um, so please pray for that as well. Um, We'd love, you know, if there's something that um, you feel you'd like to be involved with, again, we'd be very happy to, to talk to people and to come up. It's once a month. You don't have, necessarily have to do every month. It's proving very popular. You know, the next one is on Saturday, this coming Saturday the 9th. We put it up live on um, Facebook and about half past six last Sunday evening. And by half past seven, we've got 14 children signed up. And by Monday evening, we were virtually full. We've got one or two spaces left now. So it's, re- it's really giving us an opportunity to, to get to know and make those links in Herne Bay. So, yeah, please do pray for us. Please do, you know, if it's something you'd like to be involved in, come and talk to us, and we'd love to have you on board with us. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there's such exciting things happening all over the place. And you know God gave us this Coastlands vision and we really believe that all these coastal places are going to see revival. Lego Club is fantastic and there may be one popping up at Riverside, who knows, in the future. We feel like you might franchise it out (laughs) to Riverside. I almost forgot, from the last session that we were on, we've made connections with other things, I think because of being part of Riverside. So one person connected on this alpha course that's currently running. And we think there's somebody else that's showing an interest in the next course later in the year. One of the parents came along with June to one of the TOTS groups sessions and accessed Grow Baby while she was here as well. So we're able to sort of, you know, connect the people, though it's in Herne Bay, back to Riverside. Yeah. And remember, everything we do always has a purpose. We don't just love Lego and want to run a Lego club, although that's great. And some of you, Simon does love Lego and actually loves going along. But the purpose is to show the love of Jesus to the people who are going there. That's always our purpose in everything we do. So be praying for Lego Club and who knows what will happen in the future. Now, I've asked Jackie to talk about Haven uh, because there's a development which is exciting. I'm a trustee of the Haven Project, which is a Churches Together project. And Jackie's going to tell you a little bit about it and where she fits into it all. Forgive me if I'm reading a bit off the script. I don't want to miss anything out. Um, Yeah, the Haven Project, uh, it's been running just over two years. I've been involved with it for about 18 to 20 months of that time. 
But Haven, it's a project run by the churches together in Whitstable, and it's offering simple kindness and help to those people that are homeless or sleeping rough in Whitstable. Um, on average, um, we have between normally six to possibly 12 to 14 guests each, se- each session. Um, and there's about 25 rough sleepers that we know of that actually live in Whitstable. Um, not all of them come every week, but we do get the regular ones that come. Um, and basically it came about because the local ministers and street pastors noticed that there were rough people sleeping, you know, rough, not rough, rough sleepers <laughs> sleeping in Whitstable. So um, they kind of got together and decided to address the situation. So what actually initially happened was we opened up at St John's Methodist Church Hall in Argyle Road for one a Monday every every week running on a Monday from two till four. Um, and then from, it was January this year? No, October, yeah. October last year. Um, we opened up on a Wednesday um, because there's also um, the trustees of Haven managed to secure some lottery funding as well so we could open up another day. Um, and basically... Um, our guests at the moment sleep in either cars or vans. Um, some of them sleep in disused garages. Others live underneath the beach hut, um, the elevated beach huts. They live underneath or at the side of those. And some of them sleep in the shop fronts of the bank in Whitstable. And, and others do just sofa surf. So it's a very varied um, selection of sleeping arrangements that they have. Um, What we can offer at Haven is um, a very safe, um, very... uh, Because a lot of the the people that come, although they can access um, laundry services, showers and have food, they just want company, they just want someone, they're very lonely, they like to just chat with either the volunteers or the other guests. Um, but at the moment we have um, a wonderful team of volunteers we have in excess of 20 volunteers and some um, volunteer every week Um, others volunteer by week uh, some come to both sessions during the week others come weekly uh, bi-weekly or monthly so well and um, it's just lovely that we can um, take turns in working in the kitchen, doing the laundry, helping out the showers, being on the registration desk. So it's lovely that we can all alternate and do what we love doing the best. And some people just love it in the kitchen, but that's great because it's open to whatever anybody wants to do. So, um, yeah, let's turn over so I don't get lost. Um, on a Monday, we offer... Um, a light cooked meal. So it could be things like pizza, beans on toast, cheese on toast, sausage rolls, soup. Um, they're very basic meals, but they, they're things that fill, fill our guests up and kind of get, give them a lot of energy. Um, on a Wednesday, um, most of our guests can access the soup kitchen, which is run at the Umbrella Centre. So quite often we don't need to cook on a, on a Wednesday, but if somebody comes in hungry that hasn't accessed the Umbrella Centre, we will do um, we will cook for them as well. Um, in addition, as I said, we um, can wash their clothes, they can have a shower. Um, a food bank kindly donate food to Haven, so our guests can take... A, one or two days of food, a supply of food with them 
um, to last them to the next session. Um, they can also um, take clean clothes and toiletries um, that are donated to us. Also, we hold um, a storage of sleeping bags and rucksacks and other essential things that our guests may need, um, depending on which time of year it is, what, what they actually need. Um, we have outside agency called Porchlight come in to visit. They come in every Monday, and they can further help our guests. So we can signpost our guests, so if it's something to do with housing or benefits. Uh, we have a lovely lady at the moment called Rachel um, that's been really, really good in helping our guests. Um, and we also have two volunteer hairdressers. We have a lady and a man. They come alternate weeks. Um, they come, one comes on a Monday once a month and the other lady comes on a Wednesday once a month. So our guests get the chance to have a lovely haircut and they can have a shower and have their hair done after. So that's really, it's really good to, to have those. And they're all, they literally just, they're all volunteers. They love doing it and coming to help our guests. So... Um, in terms of um, supporting Haven and helping Haven, we really love and appreciate that there's people praying for us during the session and um, also praying for our guests. We always start at the beginning of Haven for about 10 minutes just praying for the safety of um, the session and for specific needs of our guests that we know of in that group. Um, and again, anybody that would love to pray for Haven on a regular basis, we would love that. Um, the other thing is in terms of donating um, clothing, that is something that we're always open to warm clothing, particularly the men love jogging bottoms and jeans. So if anybody's got any old spare jogging bottoms and jeans, we'd love those, our guests love those, and warm jumpers. Um, we also take in large rucksacks and toiletries and sleeping bags as well for our guests. So if that's something that you've got hanging in your loft that you, that you no need, longer need, we, we would be well, they'd, most be, they'd be welcome. Um, the other thing in terms of supporting Haven is we, we have a, a dedicated team of volunteers. Um, and you, as I said before, you can, you can volunteer every week. You can do once a month uh, or just occasionally, or be on standby. But that is another area that we would love to have more volunteers as well. Um, as I said before, there's different jobs that you can do. Um, you can help in the kitchen. Um, some people just love chatting to our guests and just welcoming our guests in. So there's lots of different opportunities there. Um, there's another area where you can support in terms of financial support. Um, uh, we we have got a small lot of uh, uh, grant isn't it from the lottery funding and also um, we accept any one-off donations for Haven and very very recently one of the trustees has set up Friends of Haven which is a way of giving regularly to Haven that you can do um, by standing order um, yeah and yeah, that, that's it in terms of the um, uh, supporting Haven I mean if anybody's got any questions that they'd like to ask me or if there's not anything that I've not covered be really you know be really great to just to have a chat with me um, at the moment there is a, an organizer that runs Haven called Roy Hollands who's leaving at the end of March this year and um, I've got the privilege actually I'm very happy to take on the role of organizing Haven from the 1st of April from him so so I'm really looking forward to that and developing it and seeing what God's going to do with it. So, yeah, we're really excited yeah. that Jackie's been chosen to take that role on. 
So, uh, yeah, so um, please be praying for Jackie. As from April, it's you know she's her part-time job will be paid to be the Haven coordinator. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So that's really exciting. So okay. thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. You've sat so amazingly. I'm sorry that's been a long time, but it's so important to update you on. Just as I said, that's just five things that are going on at Riverside. It's been so great just to look back and celebrate all that God's doing, all the life that God is bringing through you guys, through, through Riverside. I want to now cast our minds forward a little bit to what God might have us look at into the future. I mentioned that on a previous Sunday that Keely and I had the privilege of going to the National Leaders Conference in... Hang on, let me just jump on from that slide. The National Leaders Conference in Nottingham, Trent, uh, Trent Vineyard, and uh, that's where they gather the leaders together from vineyards across the country annually, and we get a chance to pray and seek the Lord and be encouraged by different speakers and worship. And uh, also, it's a great time to get people to pray for you who don't know you. So we have the chance to go along and uh, be prayed for, and people can prophesy. They can have a sense of what they feel is in God's heart for us and for the church. And um, this year we went along, and we had a lot of words of the same theme that kept coming time and time again to us. Uh, people say, when God looks at you, he sees big. Whatever you're thinking, God sees bigger. Whatever you're feeling, God says further. Whatever you want to put your feet, God says, I'm already there waiting. God says, go ahead, go beyond, you'll go anywhere. And uh, we kept getting these words time and time again from different people in different situations. And it was really encouraging because we've never, I think, had so many words at one time in one place around the same theme. And this theme was building and building over the days. And it wasn't just a a sense of God saying you're going to be a large church in number. What God was saying was you're going to be a large church in terms of what you impact and create in transformation in the community. One person said they saw the church like a tent with the sides being lifted up to allow people to come in to encounter Jesus. And they said God will be drawn by your welcome. How many times have I said to you that your welcome is fantastic? God sees that in heaven. God They will be drawn by your welcome, and they'll be drawn by your warmth, and they'll be drawn by the beauty of God's presence in your midst. And uh, we were so encouraged by that, that God is in the process of drawing people to himself, and he's using Riverside Church to do that. And so we came away with this overwhelming sense that God said, I want you to grow. I want you to keep expanding, keep reaching, keep extending, keep being a church of real influence in the coastlands. And... uh, as Keely mentioned, and, and Sean mentioned, I got along to speak to the guys in Herne Bay uh, this week, and again, just talked about kingdom, the way the kingdom is extending and influencing and impacting, and we're just part of the story here in these coastlands. We're part of the story in Kent of what God is doing, and um, I want you to be excited by that, because God is on the move, yeah? Amen? He is on the move, and, uh, and sometimes, I mean, I just sat this morning thinking, this is a great church, Because of all the fantastic things that God is doing through the life of this church, the different ministries that are happening, it's, it's great to see the kingdom of God extending in this way. So the first thing we felt God was saying for us for the future is to grow. Growing in our experience of God, growing through expansion, touching more people's lives. God is calling us to grow. He's calling you individually to grow, to continue to push into him, to grow and mature, to grow up. It says in Ephesians, we all grow up as a church to become mature as the body of Christ. And so we're all called to grow. And so this sense of growth and growing is a banner over us. God has said it to us quite clearly for the months ahead.
And as we've been praying more and more about this expansion, I was led to um, the story of Jesus when he met the Samaritan woman uh, at the well. Uh, Jesus has this incredible encounter with this woman that the disciples have gone off to find food and water. And uh, he's waiting there. And uh, a woman comes to draw water. And, uh, and Jesus has this incredible encounter with her. She comes for natural water, but Jesus gives her living water. And she goes away a transformed person. She goes back to her village. And she becomes one of the first evangelists in Scripture. She goes back and tells the village, come and meet the man who told me everything I ever did. And the whole village go out to meet Jesus. And the disciples missed the whole thing. They were, in the, they were looking for food, natural food. And Jesus said, I've got a different sort of food. I've come to do the will of the one who sent me. And he makes this extraordinary statement uh, in John chapter 4. He says this, Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows, another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. And this is an interesting verse, because it means literally the natural order of things is changing. Normally when you plant a crop and you sow a seed, you have to wait for that seed to grow up before you can harvest it. But Jesus said no longer is that going to happen, because the gospel seed can produce instant results. Look what happened in the life of the Samaritan woman. The seed was planted and the harvest grew up instantly and there was this incredible crop. And the words of life that were sown to the one woman then went on to reap a harvest in a whole village. It says in John 4.39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. And Jesus is echoing the words of the prophet Amos in this passage. Amos said the days are coming when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. And Amos is speaking of a time when the one who sows and the one who reaps will rejoice together. A time when the kingdom breaks out powerfully. And this is what happens when the kingdom comes because the sowing and the reaping are happening at the same time. You don't have to wait the four months because the kingdom is breaking in. And as we've prayed, we really felt God speak to us out of this passage and speak to us about the next generation who will come to Jesus. Again, when Key and I were at the National Leaders Conference, we went forward for prayer. They asked anyone who wanted to see a large number of young people in their church to go forward. And we went forward for prayer, and uh, we were prayed for by this South African guy who we'd never met. And he began praying over us. And he said, I see a dam about to break. I see a dam about to break, and behind the dam are all these young people who come rushing into the kingdom, people pouring into the kingdom. And as he spoke, in my mind's eye, I saw rows and rows and rows of mature people. And then they parted and allowed, as a guard of honor almost, they allowed a whole host of younger people to come into the kingdom and into the church. And I felt like God was imparting another part of this vision to us, not just a grow part, but there was a second part, and that was a younger part. And I felt God say, he's calling you to grow younger, to grow younger. And God says, I want to use you to reach the next generation. I want to reach, use you to reach a whole swathe of younger people, people in their late teens, people in their 18 to 30s, who know nothing of the kingdom, know nothing of God's love. And I'm going to use you and use Riverside to reach those people. 
And it's like there's a dam holding them back that God wants to break. And we're to welcome them in and give them the God of honor. And in this picture in John 4, we see those who have sown faithfully over decades, welcoming those of the new harvest. The sowing and the reaping are taking place together. And there's rejoicing that's happening together. And I think that's a word over Riverside Church. I think we're called to sow and we're called to reap. And many of you have sown for decades faithfully in prayer and in service and continue to do so. And I think we're about to enter a time of reaping when the sower and the reaper will rejoice together. There's a kingdom convergence that's going to take place. I strongly believe that in the coming months and years when we'll see generations, emerging generations, new generations reached for the gospel. The Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth, you have many teachers, but not many fathers. And what are you saying? You've got lots of people who can instruct you, but not many people who will parent you. And I think we're blessed in Riverside to have so many wonderful spiritual parents. And what a parent does, a parent calls out the best in their child. A parent says, I'm here, but you go on beyond me. You go on to do greater things in me. I believe in you. I invest in you. I see the best for you. And we have so many spiritual parents at Riverside ready and waiting for an emerging generation to call out the best in a younger generation and so if you're part of the old generation at Riverside I want to say we honor you I want to say we cherish you and I want to say I believe and Key and I believe that you have so much to offer the next generation so much to pour into the emerging generation you've got your time you've got your wisdom you've got your experience you've got your encouragement And God is saying, can we sow this into an emerging generation? And you can be their champions. You can cheer them on. You can encourage them to go on. As a phrase been used many times, what what was said is that our ceiling should become their floor. Our ceiling should become their floor. They should be able to stand on our shoulders and go on to greater things for a kingdom future. So I believe God is calling us to grow. He's calling us to think bigger to think beyond what we can naturally do, to expand, to impact the coastlands. And he's calling us to the younger. He's calling us to young people in their teens. He's calling us to young families. He's calling us to singles. He's calling us to a generation who are hungering for more of him. That's that really excites me. Amen. I want to welcome Keely. Am I on? Great. Uh, you may remember a few months ago when we uh, said that we, we felt God was telling us to advertise for the assistant pastor role for the ops and comms role first before we... You can sit down, baby, if you want. No. <laughs> You'll just be standing there like a lemon otherwise. <laughs> Not a lemon, but, you know, I love him. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. But you make a good lemon. Um, Anyway, we told you that we felt that God said to separate the the timing of putting out for the two jobs. One was ops and comms and one was kids and youth. And we strongly felt as a team that we should go for the ops and comms role first and then wait. And we didn't really know why at the time, but we just had a very strong sense that we were to do that. So when Jake applied for the role, something quickened in our spirits. A bit like what happened to us when we saw the advert for this job nearly four years ago. Um, In fact, it is four years ago. Something about Jake stirred us and made us very excited. We didn't know Jake at all. We just were reading his application. And he didn't really fit all of the job spec. So he was very brave in applying. Um, so, yeah, the ops side is a big role here at Riverside. As you know, it's, it's a big place to, to run and have responsibility for. And so 
But, but still, we kept coming back to his application. It really stood out, and we just knew we'd got to interview him. And that was very early on, and the whole thing was two months we'd gone out for. So it was he, I think it was the second day. So we had a long time to wait till all the applications came in. But as the weeks went on and we got more applications, um, Jake was always on our hearts. Every time I read one, it was Jake was always on our heart. And we just started to feel, me and Simon did, that God might be sending Jake to us and that we needed to pay attention. And we were hoping that Jake was feeling the same thing from afar. We didn't know him, bear in mind, at this point. But when we finally met him and all of the team, there were a lot of us, all the trust board and all the SLT interviewed him, we were of one heart, totally one heart, that he was the right person for us and that we needed to flex the role to suit him because God was sending him to us. So we believe that Jake's age and his passion uh, for Jesus is just what we need here at Riverside. He's the right ingredient to come next into the the melting pot, which is Riverside. But rather than me keep talking about it, I wanted to give a huge Riverside welcome to Jacob Perrin. Hello. (laughs) So here he is, you've heard about him. (laughs) No pressure at all, Jake. (laughs) So I'm just going to ask Jake a few questions, which he does know about, so, um, so you can get to know him a little bit more. So Jake, tell us a bit about yourself. Where are you from? What are your hobbies? So I'm from Bournemouth, which I call the California of England. Um, Next to Kent, obviously. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I was saying that Whitstable has a lot to live up to, um, but I'm sure it will. Uh, so I'm from Bournemouth. I am always... Well, I, I play, talk and think and watch about football far too much. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm very sporty... <laughs> I, I support from over there. <laughs> I, I, I support Bournemouth, um, but also being a, yeah, I quickly went through that one. Uh, being brought up with two older sisters, I'm also very um, into my musicals as well. So me and Em will often be going to uh, musicals whilst we're in London at the moment. And so tell us, you obviously went to school and did your A levels. What did you do after your A levels? Uh, so after my A levels, I spent a year at a church called Soul Survivor in Watford. Um, so yeah, yes. <laughs> what I did there, I did a little bit of, um, of uh, I, I kind of hybrided two things. So I was doing a leadership course there and also traveling with the pastor, Mike. Um, so whilst That's he Mike was, Pilevacci, in case you wondered who the pastor was. <laughs> yeah, so w- whilst he was preaching, I'd lead worship um, or just do uh, prayer ministry with him and different stuff like that which was really cool. We went to loads of different countries and did ministry in a variety of places, but also just working in the church and doing different things with them at Soul Survivor. And what are you doing at the moment? I am in my last couple of months at London School of Theology in my third year, three-year degree. I finished that at the end of May, so I've got to do my dissertation. How's that going, Jake? I tried to start this week. Um, It's due on the 10th of May, and I changed my question about three times this week. So everyone's stressed out for me at uni because everyone's, like, halfway through their dissertation, and I'm still thinking of my question. But, yeah, I've I've got my dissertation and five or six essays and an exam to come. He has me May. now texting him, because I've had three boys, obviously, have done through this, and I keep going, Jake, have you started your dissertation? You need to finish well. Yeah, He's I, got me nagging it, It's a case of trying to finish well, because I'm so excited about coming here and being with you all. It's, it's trying to finish well now is quite, it's quite a, a tough thing to do. 
And tell us, Jake, what are you passionate about? Uh, I'm, I'm really passionate about seeing other people really go for it with God and really go for it in their faith and to fall in love with scripture and but also to be passionate in the way that they express themselves to one another and communities uh, going for it together not just singularly on their own but living faith as a community and looking towards God and looking towards scripture. And what are you excited about for this new season as you look ahead to coming to Riverside? Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about being, being part of the community. One thing about me is I, I just really, I'm a massive extrovert, really. I love to get to know people. I love to hang out with people. And I'm really excited about that part of it, uh, first and foremost. But I, I'm really excited about the fact that I really feel like God has placed me here. I really feel like it was almost an ordained thing that um, I would end up here. And I can tell that this was part of God's plan. And when I came to... Uh, look round on the interview day, I was so excited at how so many things that I dreamt about uh, in, in the past, about a church that I would be working in. For example, like um, base, basing around a cafe and like, the community side of things and the growing side of things really excited me. And, and to be honest, I wasn't expecting it to be quite so uh, in line with how I felt like what God had put on my heart. And when I came here, I was like, wow, this really is uh, God placing me here. So I'm really excited to be part of that and to be part of that vision. And how can we be praying for you, apart from your dissertation, as you prepare for this big transition in your life? How can we be praying for you? Yeah, I was going to say, I, de- I definitely need prayer for how, I, how finishing well. <laughs> on, on a serious note, it is, it is definitely something I need to try to do is finish well where I am now but also yeah just thinking about housing and, and moving moving uh, up to Whitstable and looking at that I, I don't really know what I feel like will be best to do in terms of that so just pray, uh, pray that that will come clear to me and it will be more of a simple thing for me um, but also prayer for that time of rest in between finishing uh, in May and having that that time of June off before coming here in July that I'll be able to come fully rested and be able to give everything that that I can. Fantastic so Jake will be the assistant pastor with responsibility for youth and 1830s this is very finds it all out no not really (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and his role will also include preaching and strengthening communication and helping us start new ministries so basically lots of things but um, focusing on the young people in the 1830s and we've had the privilege of meeting and spending some time with Jake's uh, girlfriend Emma who's here with him today who is equally lovely I won't make a stand-up because she'll probably hate that, but she's, she's equally lovely. And she's also at the London School of Theology in the year below Jake, and so she'll be finishing next year. But she's hoping to come as often as she can so that she tries to feel far, part of the family as well over the coming year, and then hopefully we'll see Emma after that. So we can't wait to have you, Jake, and you, Emma, um, when you're here, and we're so excited for all that God's going to do. So welcome to Jake. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is definitely a power play here I've sent oh. this morning. Uh, oh, dear, I better turn off. I'll turn off. <laughs> we are very, very excited. Very excited. 
So coming to land there, what does it mean to, to grow younger? Well, to grow younger does take deliberative action on our part, and I think we've already said that we feel Jacob is part of that. We grow older, churches grow older by default. You don't have to do anything as a church to grow older. You just, time takes care of that. And, but to grow younger, we have to do a number of things that we really want to push into. The first thing we need to do, I think, is to take the words of Jesus seriously. When he said, open your eyes and look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. Regardless of what culture is telling you, that is the spiritual truth. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus doesn't tell lies. And so we need the spiritual eyes that God gives us to see the harvest that are ready to be brought in. And there's a whole generation out there who are so hungry for more than the world can offer them. So hungry. It says in the scripture, everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that what is unshakable will remain. Yeah? It says that in Hebrews. And so all the shaking that's taking place currently in culture is leaving people hungry for something that can't be shaken. And that's the gospel. That's the gospel message. And so we need to say, God, give us the eyes to see the harvest that you speak of and so we can walk and live by faith. And that encounter with the Samaritan woman we talked about, it brought a whole village, a whole village eager to know more. That, had, that encountered religion, they wanted to know truth. They wanted to know reality. And they encountered the life of Jesus through that, that woman's testimony. And many came to know him. Many came to find a new journey and a new a story. And that's what we want for people. I love it when people have a new story. They encounter Jesus and their whole story changes. Not, we're passionate about that. So we need to take the words of Jesus literally and, and faithfully. We also need to invest in a fantastic facility here at Riverside. It's a great canvas to reach into our community. And we want to keep praying and asking God, how can we creatively use this space to reach the people? Uh, we've got this wonderful phase three development that's going to come, hopefully, uh, in the months ahead. We're currently finalizing the design for that. But equally, we need your prayers. that, As we put that space together, we really do it in a way that's going to be in line with God's heart for the community. So uh, just keep praying for us as we, as we put that together. We think about the youth facility and the sports facility. My brother-in-law Sam came down and said, why don't you just build a huge skate park indoors? I was like, mm, we, could, we could do that. That's possible. And so, so all these ideas floating around. We need God's best in the midst of all these thoughts. Uh, so we keep creating environments and opportunities to reach our community in contemporary ways. We also need to make room for those that God will bring. We're looking pretty full on a Sunday in here. So we may well need to do uh, more services. Uh, we may to do an evening service, we may create more space. They say, church growth consultants say, if you come into a room and it's 80% full, you don't necessarily feel like there's space for you. And we're often at that size already on a Sunday. So we need to make space for people to come in and feel like there's a space for them to occupy and a seat for them and a space for ministry they might have on their heart and a space for opportunity and responsibility. Keeney and I started ministering around the same age that Jake is now. Uh, with the vineyard in Birmingham. So we're so pleased that younger people are going to come in with passions and dreams on their heart and going to want to shape and develop ministry. And part of our job is to give them the space to do that. And yes, they might make a few mistakes, but that's fine. We want to give them the space to actually develop and create environments that will reach their culture uh, and their peers. The whole vineyard movement is responding at the moment to this desire to, to reach this emerging generation. And uh, I want to show you a video now. I've, I've, I've taken an hour's video and trimmed it into about 11 minutes, okay? So hopefully you'd appreciate my editing skills. Um, and it will hang together. But at the conference, um, the, uh, the leadership team talked about an opportunity that's emerging around Soul Survivor, which is finishing this year, and uh, a thing called Dreaming the Impossible that Vineyard have been running for the past few, few years. And I want to play you a video. And there's a couple out here called uh, Susie and, and Zeke, and they run DTI, Dreaming the Impossible. And they're being interviewed by John Wright, who's the uh, senior leader 
at Trent. So if you drop the lights and uh, watch this video with me. But it must be about DTI. God is doing something with DTI. Two days on, we find ourselves in this lunch uh, with Mike. Uh, you're going to share about that, aren't you? The, the lunch where we all left feeling sick. Um, <laughs> it, it was one of those. Um, yeah, we were all very excited about meeting Mike Pilavachi, going to Soul Survivor for years, you know, and, and it was just like, oh, yes. So we created a WhatsApp group and we thought, what's the best five questions? He wasn't in it, it was just us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> would have been super odd but, uh, but, but he so 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 Susie just ends she just says Mike I just want to tell you what God's been stirring in us and we feel this stirring to to potentially do something in the summer but we never wanted to clash with what you guys are doing and um so anyway you know that's that's great but um we just want to ask you a couple of questions and so how do you lead ministry on a massive scale when there's thousands of young people and um and, and Mike just sort of looked at Sue's like he into the what seemed the abyss and like just he, he, I thought he was going to be sick or something like he just was so odd and he just said you see I'd like to invite you to move DNA to the summer um, and we're all like what's DNA <laughs> we, know, we know we've got a similar DNA but but oh, oh Mike DTI yeah DTI um, <laughs> it's great that you know what we're about. Um, encouraging uh, and so <laughs> he was like look soul survivor's going to end and we this is like breaking our hearts this is 28 years of investing in young people 28 you know 25,000 young people coming and gathering together every year and we're like what and and um and then and then sort of like yeah so it's, it sort of dawned on me i said to mike i said mike just give me a minute you've sort of dropped a bit of a situation on us here and um and it dawned on me um do John and Debbie know? Um, and, and I said to him, look, Mike, this team is sort of accountable to me and I'm accountable to John and Debbie, so um, do they know? And he was like, no. And, um, and I was just like, oh, no, this, this is not good. So out of the corner of my eye, and we, they were in the same room, I, I was, oh, come on, come on, Debbie, why don't we tell them now? So um, that was uh, quite a moment, I guess, for us. And uh, we went into the youth centre and, uh, and just had a room and we were like, what, what is going on? But... Um, Really, it was confirmation to us of what the Lord was stirring in our hearts. It wasn't like, in some ways, yes, it was a bombshell. In other ways, it wasn't because we felt this stirring that God was actually calling us to, to do this anyway. So then we had a sort of period of discernment. Is this thing right? Obviously, the Vineyard Leadership Group went on that process as well. And um, just, just the doors we've sort of pushed, they've, they've opened. And there's been obstacles along the way. Like with that site, we thought we weren't going to get the site. And so I, got, I was convinced the Lord would give us that land. I just really felt like that's what God was saying. So I got the piece of paper, the map. I stood on it. And I was just praying, God, this is our land. Like, give us the land. And uh, we found out, actually, we were at Naturally Supernatural when... It had been going on for months at Naturally Supernatural in the summer that we had that site, which was amazing. So we're really excited. We feel like it's the Lord. The capacity of the site, which is more than 5,000, there is no reason in the world why we shouldn't be able to open the doors wide. The two things we need is hundreds of volunteers and hundreds of thousands of pounds. So anyway, uh, Mike had some further comments. Let's watch him. This summer we will be holding our final Soul Survivor Youth events. And in the summer of 2020, Dreaming the Impossible will move from the spring to the summer at Staffordshire Showground. And I'm so excited about this. 
The reasons I'm excited is because, first of all, I believe this is the Lord. Uh, you've got a great youth team led by Susie, and it's a wonderful team that love young people, that want to serve them, and that long for people to come to know Jesus. We are right behind you. Vineyard guys, I love the vineyard. I know you're going to do a great job, and we will be cheering you on, and I'm going to be there on my Zimmer frame, going round, moaning and groaning that it wasn't like this in the old days. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Leonard Ravenhill once said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be grasped within the lifetime of the opportunity. We want future generations to look back and say thank you and not if only. This is the opportunity of a generation, you know, with all these young people who are expecting, hoping to do something in 2020 in the summer uh, and every year that young people grow up behind that. Oh, so survivor's gone. Is there anything I could access? And, and all the things that we've talked about here. This is the opportunity. We can let this go by not having enough volunteers or enough money. Or we can say, guys, let's get behind what God is doing and really bless it. We met on Monday as a vineyard leadership group to talk about and then to pray about this conference. And uh, the words of a song came to my mind, and some of you are old enough to remember Bruce Springsteen one of the greatest of all time <laughs> and he has a chorus which goes everybody has a hungry heart you can sing it a bit sing it everybody <laughs> has a hungry heart <laughs> thank you for the permission I've never done that <laughs> in the Every- the lyrics are in that song so I just quickly googled it and it says this everybody's got a hungry heart everybody's got a hungry heart Lay down your money and you play your part. Everybody's got a hungry heart. And this generation is hungry. Their hearts are hungry for God even if they don't know it. And, um, you know, since the war, the younger generation has been leaving the church in this nation in droves. And as Susie said, not on our watch. Uh, Final thoughts from... For me, would be just as we've been talking, I've just been thinking about, you know, these young people that, yes, they're the church of tomorrow, they're also the church of today, and they are the best placed young people in their, in their schools, in their colleges, to be sharing Jesus. So let's be praying for them because we need leaders to rise up in all spheres of society, that God would speak to them as young people, that they would be active as young people in their faith and they would growing up. And, um, well, when they're adults, the the Bible verse that just we've come back to over and over again. I'm so obsessed with it. I've got it on my phone case. Is Ephesians 3:20. So it says, everyone knows it. God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to His power at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and through Christ Jesus for all generations. And um, I love that Bible verse. And, and we, isn't it funny? Our conference is called Dreaming the Impossible. It's amazing because God. I really believe is going gonna, is gonna to do something, use us, what little we've got in our hands, and do immeasurably more. So we are daring to dream for it, and um, I'm in. I'm in, I'm up for it. That's my final thoughts.
Impossible Youth Gathering began back in 1999 when a handful of youth leaders had a dream to see young people gathered together from all around the Vineyard Movement. And so DTI began, starting with youth from just six churches. Every year, more young people came. And in 2007, it became an annual event. DTI is led by a team of youth leaders from all around the Vineyard Movement. We love young people and are passionate about inspiring a generation to love God, love others and change the world. In 2018, we saw over 1,200 young people and youth leaders from more than 50 vineyard churches gather together. God is doing something incredible in our midst. And over the years, we have had the privilege of seeing thousands of lives changed. For some time now, we've sensed God speaking to us about moving DTI to the summer to create more space for us to continue to grow. In the summer of 2019, Soul Survivor Youth Festivals, led by Mike Pilavachi, is coming to an end leaving behind an awesome legacy, having invested in thousands of young people. So from 2020, our new home will be the Staffordshire County Showground at the beginning of August. God has blessed DTI wonderfully over the years, and we believe that as a movement, we are at a juncture where God's asking us to join Him in significantly expanding what we've been doing. With Soul Survivor finishing, we know that there will be many more young people who would love to be involved in DTI than we currently have the resources to welcome. Stepping into this opportunity to serve the next generation is going to involve a major injection of money and people involved on team. So we're inviting you to be part of what God is doing by investing in this exciting development, by giving generously, by getting involved as volunteers, and by praying for those leading and organizing and for the young people whose lives are going to be forever changed. We can see that God just has so much more for the DTI generation and believe that now is the time to invite young people from beyond the Vineyard Movement to join us. We can see a generation rising up who are dreaming the impossible, not shaped by who the world says they are, but shaped by who God says they are. Young people who know that they are loved, known, chosen, free and secure, taking hold of all that God has for them, laying down their lives and living fearlessly for Him. God is the God of the impossible. And we're daring to dream the impossible. And we'd love for you to come with us on this adventure as we invest in the next generation together. About that? Mmm, a rumble of mmms. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> We've been handed the baton, guys, here, which is fantastic, isn't it? Uh, we're trusted with the baton for an emerging generation. Um, we wanted to show you that because we felt led as a church leadership to pledge £10,000 towards that fund. So we've already done that. Key and I have already given a substantial personal gift to that fund. Next week, we'd invite you guys to pitch in with that fund as well and we'll put what you give towards what we've pledged as a church and we'll give that as seed money into this DTI project because 
We want to see it birth well. We want to see it run. We want to see it expand. And as John said, we don't want it to be on our watch that a whole generation of younger people doesn't ever connect with the gospel because we're not responsible with what God's put into our hand. So, um, so next week, we'll take a special offering for Dreaming the Impossible 2020, and we'll put all that money together, and we'll send it off to, to bless the vineyard and what they're doing there with partnering with Mike. And we feel, it's, we feel as we do that, we're, we're back to this concept of sowing and reaping. We want to sow into an emerging generation. We want to break that dam down that's preventing younger people coming into the church from connecting with the gospel. Scripture says, the God of this age has blinded the hearts and minds of unbelievers. And we want to break that blindness off a whole generation. And so by investing in this way, by investing in prayer, by investing together, and becoming this, this church that's like a tent with the walls lifted up, that we welcome uh, and, we, and we invite, uh, we want to see a whole generation find the truth, find the love, find the gospel. And so, back to the words of Jesus. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. And together, we're called to see what Jesus sees. We're called to see a whole new generation of people who are ready to come to know him. And this has nothing to do with our our position in history. It's not to do with our position in culture. This is to do with the gospel. The gospel that has the power to break down every stronghold, the power to release every person into freedom and into God's love. And those who have faithfully sown in the past and those who are faithfully sowing now will reap and enjoy it together. I'll be glad together, the scripture says. So I want us to stand and pray and then we're going to sing our last song together. I apologize we run, run over, but we had so much to get in today. So, but uh, hopefully you've, you've enjoyed hearing all the updates and, um, and the heart of what God is doing at Riverside. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you've called us to grow, and we thank you that you've called us also to reach a whole emerging generation, God, that knows nothing about you, Father. And Lord, would you help us to be stewards of your gospel? Would you help us to be witnesses? Would you help us to be people who live out the truth of what it is to follow you, but also demonstrate your love and your grace into the lives of those around us, Lord? And we thank you for the green shoots that we're seeing, God. We thank you for the emergence of stories one after the other, God, uh, uh, there are showing people who are coming into, into that place, encountering your love and your truth. But God, I pray you break that dam down now in Jesus' name. You break down that dam. That picture I saw, God, of us parting to welcome a whole generation in God. I pray, Father, we'd see that this year. We'd see, God, a whole uh, swathe of younger people coming to a knowledge of the truth, God, and coming into your love and coming into freedom and coming into their true identity, Lord God. It's a really tough time to be young, God, and we just pray a blessing on our younger generations, God. We pray a blessing on young families, young singles, God. We pray a blessing uh, on teenage, God. We pray a blessing, God, on the, on the younger children, God. We pray a blessing, God. And God, we ask, God, that you would draw them into the fullness of who they are and all that you have for them. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out. Way past, way past. All your roasts are now burnt. Um, SLT and Trust Board are here at the front. If you want any questions answered, come and see them, come chat to them. But uh, thanks for hanging out with us. God bless you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more, or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. 
Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.